Today on the Matt Wall Show, Media Matters uh, attacks the Daily Wire because we committed the sin of calling males male. So we'll we'll go through that today. They're very upset about it, um, and uh, as as they are every single time we say anything about anything. So we'll talk about that. Also, five headlines, including the media's uh, increasingly desperate attempt, but also hilarious, increasingly desperate, increasingly hilarious attempts to make Stacey Abrams into some sort of superstar. And it's 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 really gotten pretty absurd. So we'll talk about that. And in our daily cancellation, I cancel the NFL for uh, considering what I think may be one of the most insane affirmative action schemes ever devised, certainly in professional sports. Also, um, we'll have a, a why I'm wrong email and uh, much more all on the way. But first, I want to tell you about LifeLock. You know, I've been uh, almost duped a time or two myself because these these internet scammers. I like to think I'm, you know, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty uh, jaded. I'm pretty ready for people to try to scam me, especially when it comes to emails. But they're getting pretty clever, uh, and that's why there are a lot of close calls, and that's why you want to be sure that you're protected. The coronavirus pandemic has sparked a massive increase in the number of cybercrime complaints um, flowing into the FBI, the agency's Internet Crime Complaint Center, which typically receives 1,000 complaints per day before the pandemic, is now receiving three to 4,000 per day. Coronavirus-related schemes include domain names, uh, spoofing personal protective equipment, vendors, scams promising government checks, uh, fraudulent COVID charities, all kinds of stuff like that. The, the ones with the charities are the worst because they're taking advantage of your, of your charitable nature. Every day we put our information at risk on the internet, no matter how careful you are, and cyber criminals keep finding new ways to steal your identities. The good thing, though, is that there is LifeLock. LifeLock is a leader in identity theft protection. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity thefts, like your social security number for sale in the dark web, all kinds of things that you may not be able to detect yourself. Look, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock can see threats that you might miss on your own if you're just monitoring your credit. So join now and save up to 25% on your first year. Go to lifelock.com slash Walsh. That's lifelock.com slash Walsh. Lifelock.com slash Walsh for 25% off. Okay, uh, by the way, I don't mean to brag. I don't know if you can tell, but I did get my hair cut over the weekend. So for the first time in two months, I was able to get my hair cut. Uh, you know, I, I feel like that's the great privilege now in American life is if you're in a, a haircut state or not. Uh, maybe that's what the coming civil war will be over. It's, you know, haircut states versus non-haircut states. Uh, the, the thing is, though, I, I could tell how desperate people are because my the place where I get my hair cut opened reopened for the first time on Sunday at 10 a.m. By 10.15 a.m. on Sunday, there was a three and a half hour wait. So, and I kept thinking just how bad I feel for the people working at these haircut places, uh, you know, because they just have to deal with these long lines, just one shaggy dog after another coming in and they're wearing masks the whole time and there's hair flying all over. They're probably getting hair in the mask. That can't be sanitary. So, but then again, they're back at work, so I'm sure that's a, that's a good thing as well. Okay, um, what we're going to start with, our good friends over at Media Matters, who are, of course, huge fans of this show uh, and of The Daily Wire in general, they published another lengthy expose about us on Friday. Now, this is to be distinguished from the regular, almost daily, or really, I think, literally daily, little posts they do about uh, whatever offensive thing that one of us might have happened to say that day. So those sorts of things that you expect. Um, but then 
every once in a while they go more in depth in trying to really reveal our bigotry and show what, what nasty, horrible people we are. So they tried that again on Friday with this article. Uh, the, the headline, Daily Wire hosts demean trans high school athletes at center of alliance defending case. Now, the author, um, Alex Patterson, introduces the article this, this way on Twitter. It says, the Daily Wire's anti-trans pundits, Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro, and Michael Knowles, repeatedly misgendered and demeaned two teenage athletes. Grown-ass men commenting about teenagers' genitals. Disgusting. Yes, Disgusting. Disgusting. It's so disgusting that we would dare mention that males are males. What, what, a, what a horrible and disgusting and inappropriate thing. A absolutely inappropriate. Shocking. Scandalizing. Because, because that's what Alex means here, right? We commented on teenagers' genitals in the sense that we said males are males. So in that way, you know, the doctor, when, when the doctor tells you it's a boy, he's commenting on the baby's genitals. Quite literally, he is looking at the genitals and announcing the sex. So when the doctor tells you that, would you, you pervert, what are you doing commenting on my baby's genitals? Well, Alex, by the way, what does that tell you? You know, the people in the medical profession, when they want to determine the sex of a, of a baby, they look at the genitals. What, what does that tell you? Think about that for a second. Use your brain. Not to comment on your internal organs, especially one that I'm not sure you actually possess. Okay, let's check out the article. This is this is uh, pretty fun. We'll take a look at it. And actually, if you could, uh, producer, uh, please play a little bit of sad violin music while I read this, because it will help set the tone, I think, and, and get us all in the mood of, of this article. Okay, it says, across several pieces of online content and podcasts, The Daily Wire's Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh, and Michael Knowles attacked and misgendered two trans teenagers at the center of a lawsuit from extreme anti-LGBTQ group Alliance Defending Freedom that seeks to prevent them from competing in girls' sports. Since May 11th, the reliably anti-trans outlet and pundits have posted four podcast segments that received over 215,000 views on YouTube and two articles that earned a combined 158,000 interactions on Facebook. The pundits repeatedly misgendered the teen athletes and fear-mongered about trans-inclusive sports, with Knowles claiming that recognizing transgender people is part of an agenda to end objective reality. Shameful. What a bigot Knowles is. After National Review first reported on the story on May 11th, Daily Wire published two articles, one written by Walsh and the other by Amanda Prestigiacomo, that repeatedly misgendered the athletes, referring to them as male or biologically male. During the May 11th episode of Walsh's Daily Wire podcast, The Matt Walsh Show, he called trans girls, quote, boys with XY chromosomes and penises. My God. Shocking. And claimed that, quote, people are like Mr. Potato Head dolls now. You just take the different parts, swap them out. Doesn't matter. It makes no difference. <clears throat> I did say that. He also claimed, <clears throat> he also claimed that the athletes are not females. Quote, not by science, not by common sense, and not by human decency. The following day, Walsh doubled down on his remarks and called trans athletes, quote, penis-wielding XYs. <laughs> That's terrible. Terrible. And claimed, quote, they're not girls, and they're certainly not female. 
Shapiro, the outlet's founder, also misgendered the athletes during the May 11th edition of the Ben Shapiro Show, referring to them as biological males throughout the segment. On May 13th, Knowles fear-mongered about trans-inclusive sports on his Daily Wire podcast, claiming that, quote, if the left can force you to believe that men are women and women are men, then there is no objective reality. Knowles also said that accepting transgender people's gender identity is how, quote, science is abused and appropriated and monopolized and perverted and transformed to invert objective reality. The Daily Wire regularly spreads hateful, anti-trans content that earns significant engagement online. Okay, there it is. Um, Wow. Yeah. Of course, every sane person listening to this right now is thinking, wait, okay, but where's the offensive part? Where's the controversial part? I I didn't hear it. I'm confused. But that's it right there. That's, that's, that's all. That's all that stuff there where we say a bunch of things that every single rational human on planet Earth agrees with. That's it. That's, that's the part that they're upset about. Now, a, f- a few observations here. Um, first of all, notice again how the artificial and arbitrary and invented distinction between sex and gender has finally been abandoned by the left. It's important to notice what they've done. And it's, it's long since been abandoned. But this is just more evidence of that. Because the article says, we repeatedly misgendered the athletes, referring to them as male or biologically male. Well, wait a second. I thought male was sex and man was gender. That's what you guys told us for years. They're two different things. That, that's what we were told. And now you're saying that calling a male male is misgendering? How could it be misgender if it refers to sex and sex and gender are two different things, according to you? So you're saying that sex and gender are two words for the same thing now. Well, of course they are. You know, uh, they're, they're two words for the same thing. They always have been. Well, not always. Originally, of course, gender was a linguistic term, a grammatical term. Words had gender, not humans. So we, we didn't need to refer to humans having gender because humans have sex. We don't need a second word for it. We've already got that covered. But uh, words, on the other hand, don't have a sex because they're not biological entities. And that's why we have gender to refer to uh, uh, you know, uh, masculine or feminine words. But what the left did is they, um, they, they said, okay, we're, we're, we're going to take this, this grammatical concept and we're going to apply it to people. And, and these are two different things. Well, apparently not. Now they've gone back on that. They're, they're not just saying that gender is fluid. They're saying that sex, that biological sex is fluid. So this is the ultimate bait and switch. Leftists, they tried to normalize this idea of gender fluidity, this idea that gender is a, is a separate thing and it can change or switch back and forth. And then right when people started to buy into it, which nobody ever should have in the first place, they, without announcing it, switched switch sex back for gender. So they, 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 they tried to get us used to the idea of, you know, gender is this di- a different thing. You know, you could be biological male, but your gender could be woman, and it's a fluid thing. And, you know, it could, they tried to get a, us used to that. And, and right when some people started getting used to it, they switched it around. And they said that, oh, no, no, actually, that's, yeah, he's, 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 a, he's not a male at all. He's a female. 
They went from trans women are women to trans women are female, which is a clever move. Dishonest, despicable, false, um, incoherent, you know, all that stuff too, but also clever, strategically. Uh, number two, second point here. And in fact, before we get to our second point, wanted to uh, tell you about our friends at Ebb Sleep. You know, if you're having trouble falling asleep at night, I think it's time to try Ebb. I have. This is a, a something I've constantly been plagued by. And before I tried Ebb, you know, I've I say I probably average about five, four or five hours of sleep a night, which I'm told is not necessarily healthy. I'm told it could actually sh- shorten your lifespan. Uh, you should be getting a lot more sleep than that. But, you know, I have trouble with it, and that's why Ebb is great. Ebb is the first and only wearable drug-free solution that targets the root cause of sleeplessness, which is which are those racing thoughts. Ebb is clinically validated, and four out of five users report falling asleep faster and improving overall sleep quality. It's a lot better, in my opinion, than taking drugs. You don't want to get you don't want to get dependent on that, and also they can make you groggy, and that's not the best solution. Um, Ebb Sleep is designed to work with your natural sleep-wake rhythms to allow you to get into that deep sleep more quickly. Ebb Sleep understands that uncertainty you may be experiencing at this time, and they want to help. Our listeners can save $25 off your order by using promo code MATT to save. And continue to try Ebb risk-free for 60 nights to confirm it's the solution you've been looking for at tryebb.com slash MATT. Let us help you get the sleep you need and remove the risk from your purchase. That's T-R-Y-E-B-B.com slash MATT. Tryebb.com slash MATT. Use promo code MATT to save. Order today with everything going on. You need to get the sleep you need and deserve. Okay, second point about this. Um, you notice how there's no argument presented here, right? And there never is. This is just emotion. I mean, my kids would be better at presenting a rational argument than this. So this, this is what I'll say to Alex and uh, Media Matters and, and all leftists with respect to this issue. And, and every issue, really. Um, here's what I'll say. How about this? Get it out of your system. Okay. You can yell, scream, cry, call me a bigot. Sure. Yes, I'm a bigot. I'm a, I'm a hateful, terrible, evil, mean, awful. I'm, I'm Hitler. I am literally, I'm worse than Hitler. Okay. Yeah. I'll just, let's grant you that for the sake of argument. Let's just, so we can move on. I will grant you that. You don't need to scream it anymore. Yes, all that is true. We've established it. Get it out of your system, out of the way. Okay, hopefully you feel better. Hopefully we've, we've, we've gotten past that part of the discussion. We've laid that framework. Can we please now move on to the part of the discussion where you actually try to explain why I'm wrong? No, stop. Don't, don't start calling me a transphobe. Don't go, in, don't go into the phobes and the, and, the is, and the isms. We've already done that. We're past that now, okay? Yes, I'm a phobe. I'm an ist. I'm an ism. Lay them all on me. I really don't care. We've already covered those bases, though. So those bases are covered. Let, let's, let's move past it. You don't need to publish another article saying Matt Walsh is a transphobe. We, we know that. Everybody knows that. Fine. I don't care, Okay? What I'm asking you to do, Alex at Media Matters, or anyone else over there, or any leftist anywhere, what I'm asking you to do, follow along, please, okay? Just, just, just bear with me. 
I'm asking you to present an argument which explains why and how I'm wrong and you're right. Okay? And it should be really easy to do because I'm Hitler. You know, I'm, I'm a bigot. I'm Hitler. I'm, I'm all these things. I mean, to, to beat me in an argument should be super easy. So just do it. That's all. And, and I'm going to let you present it however you want. But, but I would suggest that if you disagree with my take on the definition of the word male, okay, or female. No, sh- sh- stop. I, I, I know you want to start screaming bigot again. I know you do. You have like Tourette's and you can't help it. But you don't need to because we've already done that. If you disagree with my definition of the word female or male, then what you need to do really is, is give me the right definition. Okay? That's all. Give me the right definition. Give me the right definition. That's all you got to do. And I'll tell you what. I'll make this interesting, too. We'll put some skin in the game, all right? This is a deal that I'll make with Media Matters right now on this show. If anyone over there can give me a coherent, objective, and valid definition of the word female, I will apologize. I will admit I'm wrong. I will admit I'm a bigot. I've already done that, but I'll apologize and admit I'm wrong. And I I will come on to this show tomorrow with a rainbow flag draped around me, and I will pledge allegiance to the LGBT squad, okay? That's what I do. I, I, I promise you I will. If you can simply provide a coherent, objective, and valid definition of the word female. The reason I stipulate coherent, objective, and valid is that, because that's what a definition has to be, right, in order to be a definition. But also, you, you see, you can't do something like, um, well, uh, the definition is a, a female is a person who identifies as female. You can't do that. That's not going to work, okay? Because that by, de- that, by definition, is neither coherent, objective, nor valid. Because you're using the word you're defining in the definition, for one. And two, it's a definition that tells me absolutely nothing about the thing you're defining. Okay, so if you say X is a person who identifies as X, that tells me Nothing about X. I know absolutely nothing about X based on that. And definitions are supposed to tell me something. In fact, they're supposed to tell me the definition. So I should come away knowing what the thing is because you've defined it. So you're going to have to do better than that, right? Now, just to make this even easier, I'll tell you what my definition is. Okay, I'll go first. We'll trade definitions. Here's my definition of female. Uh, And this, in fact, is the dictionary's definition, too. So I feel pretty safe. Webster agrees with me on this. And in fact, actually, every single biology textbook that's ever been written, ever, agrees with me. And every anatomy textbook that's ever been written, ever, agrees with me. Okay? So this is our definition. I'm just going to put it out there for you. A female, a female human, let's be even more specific, because that's what we're talking about here. A female human is a person who bears two X chromosomes, has a vagina, and barring infirmity or old age, can bear offspring and produce eggs. That's my definition of a female person. And according to that definition, those trans track athletes are not female. They're just, they're just not, okay? That's all. Not saying anything else about them. I'm just saying they're not female. 
And but the other people competing in in you know in, in the girls sports or the girls track teams and, and the girls that are filing the laws, they are female. Okay, they they are they fit into the definition that I have presented, and the, the definition that every dictionary and every biology textbook and every anatomy textbook anywhere everywhere says. Um, so they fit into that definition. These other these trans individuals do not. And so that's why they shouldn't be in the same league. So your turn. Give me your definition and we'll take it. Maybe you're, here's the thing. I, you see, you, when it comes to this issue, you guys, you've never made any kind of argument ever. You never present any argument. So all of the arguments are being made by people on my side. Who knows? Maybe we're wrong. I mean, we could, I, I don't think we are. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty damn confident we're not wrong, but uh, maybe you have some kind of like brilliant argument that you can put forward that we just don't know about. And it may, it may just blow my mind and may, make me rethink everything I think I know about the world. Maybe you do. So just if you do, put it out there. But if you don't put it out there, then I think I'm fair in assuming you have no arguments whatsoever and all you have is emotions and tears and whining and crying. Which is why your position can be disregarded. Because it's irrelevant. All right. So, let's move on to uh, headlines here. Number one, Washington Post Magazine ran a... uh, lengthy story on Stacey Abrams over the weekend. And the title of that, of that story is The Power of Stacey Abrams. And this is not a joke. Here's the picture that's attached to that article. That is Stacey Abrams wearing a cape. They actually put her in a cape. So this, and the image, it looks like if, if Batman died and his secretary had to take over the superhero duties. That's what this looks like. And here's an actual quote. Let me pull this up. Here's an actual quote from the article. It says, pandemonium pandemonium ensues as she walks to the far left of the stage. Like a runway supermodel, stops on a dime, poses, tilts her head slightly and smiles. Camera flashes explode. She next pivots and walks slowly to the center of the stage, freezes there, and repeats the pose. Again, the flashes explode. Abrams is summoning her inner actress, and she is both enjoying the moment and getting through it to get to the conversation. She then pivots and walks to the far right of the stage. Same. Okay, that's, that's, that's the article. Uh, supermodel, Stacey Abrams. Now, this is not the first time the media has tried to manufacture a political superstar. They obviously, they do it all the time. Well, the most famous example would be Barack Obama. Um, and that was a pretty successful example. Okay, they, they made him president for eight years. A less successful example would be Beto O'Rourke. They, they tried their hardest with him to make him into a superstar. They had to give that up. But the difference here is that Obama and even O'Rourke, at least to some extent, had some semblance of political talent and charisma. And so there was something there. Even with um, you know, Obama, pretty good orator. Uh, O'Rourke, not as good, but at least he has the whole punk rock thing that he did in his in the 90s, and, and so he's got that going on, and he's got the furry thing, so that's kind of interesting. So there, there's 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 a little something there that you could try to build into this uh, political sensation if you want to. 
but Stacey Abrams? Are you serious? There's, there's just nothing there. She's, she's an extremely standard, extremely unimpressive, normal, average politician. In fact, failed politician. She's just your average failed politician. Very little charisma or talent. Um, nothing special as a public speaker. This is like if the right tried to, uh, you know, make Jeb Bush into a rock star. It, it just, it, it doesn't work. And the attempts are becoming increasingly embarrassing. But like I said, also hilarious. Okay, so Mashable, uh, number two, has a video out showcasing some new protective gear that they're hoping uh, people will wear to protect themselves from the coronavirus. And, uh, well, you let me know what you think. Take a look at this. Honestly, I would rather be dead. I would rather, I would choose death over wearing that for even five minutes of my life. Now, tell me if this is kind of mean, but when I saw that video, uh, I I did have the thought that it would be kind of funny if somebody straps that helmet on, right, and uh, and they're feeling super safe, and they're feeling impervious to to any and all threats that they might have come across, and uh, they walk outside of their home and just really confident, step into the street, immediately get hit by a bus. That would be kind of funny. I don't know if that's mean for me to, I, you know, I'd be really terrible for the family, of course, but also a little funny. Or maybe I'm just a bad person. I, I, or, or it could be that it's funny and I'm a bad person. That's, that's very probable as well. Number three, Rebecca Brand is, uh, I'm not sure who she is exactly, but she recorded a video over the weekend complaining about people not wearing masks and uh, now her name is no longer Rebecca Brand anymore. It's it's Karen, and not just this is this is not just Karen. This is the Karen. This is the ultimate. This is like the the boss Karen at the end of the game. Um, it, the quintessential Karen. If anyone wants to know, if anyone's confused about the Karen meme and where that comes from and what is a Karen, well, here it is right here. Oh my God! Not one person with a mask on. Everybody is oh here, and nobody. Yeah. Oh my God. That's what I'm saying. Oh my God. Look at all those people. There's like 20. What the heck? What are we doing today, people? Hi, I'm Rebecca Brown, and I'm flipping out because Governor Newsom announced that this Friday we are no longer going to be on total lockdown. We are opening back up. I'm flipping out because people haven't been wearing masks, and this is going to be even more loosey-goosey than ever before. I think it's all going to go downhill from this point on. Loosey-goosey. It's, it's Lucy. Listen, all, listen up all you loose gooses, you loose geese. Get your acts together. This is, of course, they're at the beach, you know, and that's why people aren't wearing masks, Karen, because they're at the beach and they're outside in the sun. And the chance that they pass coronavirus on to anybody or contract it themselves is almost zero. And so that's why they're not in masks at the beach. And that's why you don't need to be either. And I don't even understand. I don't, how could you, how is it, why would you even go to the beach? If you're going to wear a mask at the beach, why go in the first place? The whole, it's, first of all, it's hot. I mean, imagine how hot it must be under that mask and you're getting sand in it. 
And, you know, part of the whole thing of being at the beach is you can breathe in that fresh sea air with the, with the, you know, the scent of the salt water. You get none of that. You just get your own fumes back up your nostrils. What's the point of even going? Well, I know what the point is for Karen there. The point is to, you know, virtue signal and, and to show off how responsible she is while everybody else is being uh, loosey-goosey, as she says. Number four, NASCAR started back up again, uh, I think over, a few days ago over the weekend, which is great news, you know. And then you think about, so NASCAR started up, uh, there's, they're playing soccer again in, in some places in the world. And this just makes me really excited for when sports get, get going again. I mean, real sports. You know. So we got NASCAR and, and soccer. It just makes me think, I can't wait till the sports leagues actually start up again. Number five, incredible report here in the Daily Wire. It says, Democrat-controlled New York has reportedly admitted to knowingly undercounting the number of deaths suffered in nursing homes from the coronavirus after the facilities were devastated by De- Democrat Governor Andrew Cuomo's policy that forced them to take patients who were infected with the virus. Um, the uh, Daily Caller News Foundation reports, the department made a subtle change to its disclosure, disclosure, disclosures, I can't read, to its disclosures beginning around May 3rd, according to its web archives. The uh, New York State Department of Health told the Daily Caller News Foundation, its disclosure now only reports coronavirus deaths for long-term care patients that died while physically present at their facility. In other words, New York's nursing home and adult care facility coronavirus death tracker omits any individuals who contracted coronavirus while living at a long-term care facility but died in a hospital. So that's the way. Now, I've commented on this before. You look across the country and you see that, that nursing home deaths make up 40, 50, 60, 70, sometimes 80% or more of the total deaths in that state. And then you look at, uh, at New York, and it's kind of strange, because there, it's officially, it's like 20% or less. Even though they had the most deaths total by far of any state, and we know that they had this crazy policy of, of deliberately, forcibly introducing the infection into nursing homes, yet it's only, what, 15, 20% of the deaths are nursing? That makes no sense. And so I've been saying for weeks, there's, there's something going on here, and I think that number's going to go up, and here it is, reportedly, um, that they're saying, okay, it doesn't count as a nursing home death if they died in the nursing home. So if somebody gets sick and is on their deathbed and they're brought to a hospital for care and they die there, well, we're not going to call, call, that, call that a nursing home fatality, when in reality, of course, it is. Um, so this is, and why are they doing that? Well, because they're going to protect Andrew Cuomo, because they realize that this is a massive, massive scandal and um, easily one of the deadliest political scandals in American history. Okay, let's move to your daily cancellation. Um, And before we do, you know, I generally am not a big fan of joy or happiness, as you've probably noticed. I like to keep my safe distance from those things. Social distance, six feet at least from joy and happiness. But I do want to share something joyous with you. The double tumbler is back, but it's only available for our most exclusive membership tier, All Access. The All Access membership tier is our premier level of membership. All Access members get to participate in All Access Live, our new brand, uh, our brand new interactive programming feature, where one of us daily wire hosts hang out each night um, uh, around eight, it's eight, eight o'clock Eastern time, five p.m. Pacific. 
and it's just a nice casual conversation, a lot of fun. All Access membership now also includes two of the irreplaceable Leftist Tears tumblers, which, um, by the way, is also now machine washable. So I thought they were all along. I've been putting mine in the washing machine. I guess I shouldn't have been doing that, but now they are. The tumblers are literally overflowing with, fe- with tears at the uh, thought of this, offer, but joyful tears. Okay. Finally, all access members also get the benefits of other membership tiers, including an ad-free website experience, access to our, our uh, live broadcasts online. You get three hours of the Ben Shapiro show. All of that. Go over to dailywire.com slash subscribe to join all access and get 15% off with coupon code Walsh right now. That's dailywire.com slash subscribe. Okay. So for our daily cancellation, we're going to be canceling the NFL. And, um, this for me is a very solemn occasion because I'm a huge football fan. I'm a huge NFL fan. I love everything about the NFL except for the NFL itself. That is the, the organization, the bureaucracy. I hate that part, but everything else I like. So now I'm, I'm canceling the organization and the bureaucratic part of it. Um, the reason is this. Reading a report now from NFL.com, it says... During his State of the League address three months ago at a Super Bowl um, in Miami, Commissioner Roger Goodell acknowledged a need to increase the opportunities for minorities to become head coaches and general managers. He says, clearly we're not doing enough. We have to do more, blah, blah, blah. Um, And, uh, okay, get ready for this. Here's the idea. They came up with an idea they proposed to incentivize teams to hire minority coaches and uh, front office personnel like GMs and so on. So, uh, quote, the idea is to incentivize the hiring of minorities as head coaches or primary football executives by rewarding teams with improved draft slots. Um, And then it goes into details. It says, if a team hires a minority head coach, that team in the draft preceding the coach's second season would move up six spots where it's slotted to pick in the third round. A team would jump 10 spots under the same scenario for hiring a person of color as its primary football executive. Um, if a team were to fill both positions with diverse candidates, diverse candidates in the same year, the, the club could jump 16 spots, six for the coach, 10 for the GM, and potentially move from the top of the third round to the middle of the second. Okay. Um, so that's the idea, basically. And it goes into more detail, but that's you, you get the general gist. So it would seem that affirmative action in the NFL, much like its players, is on steroids. Because this is remarkable. This is the kind of thing that I might have made up as a joke and proposed it in, a, in, a, in, a, in an article or something satirically. This is Babylon B stuff right here. It really is. They want to actually bribe teams with draft position if they hire a minority coach. And just so you know, if you don't follow football, draft position, especially in the second and third round is extremely valuable. So we're not talking about seventh round flyers here. We're talking about, they want to rig the second round of the NFL draft by giving picks to teams if they hire, quote, diverse candidates. And by diverse candidates, of course, they they mean black, okay? They don't actually, they don't want diverse candidates. That's not the point. There is one particular race that they're looking for. They They don't want to put it like that because it would sound insane and degrading and just absolutely weird, but that is the point. So what are the problems here? Well, for one thing, it's completely contrary to the spirit of athletic competition, um, giving teams competitive advantages on the basis of, you know, this 
is to destroy the whole point of sports. Sports are a meritocracy. That's, that's, that's what's so great about them. That's why people like them. That's why they are usually a respite. They are an oasis um, from all the, the craziness with the social engineering and the culture. You can go to sports and you just see, the best, may the best man win. That, that's it. Or may the best team win. Not may the most racially woke team win. Once you start introducing that into it, it, it destroys the whole point of the endeavor in the first place. And for another thing, this is demeaning and infantilizing to the people that it's supposed to help. Because what you're doing here is you're, you're creating suspicion, reasonable suspicion, that any black coach or black GM who's hired from here on out was only hired because of the reward that the team would get for hiring them. Which, inevitably, that will be the case for some of the black coaches and black GMs that are hired if this plan goes through. But then there are going to be others that would have been hired anyway, just based on their merits, based on their qualifications and their skill, but they also are going to be forever tainted by the suspicion of racial favoritism. So it doesn't help them. And then, of course, um, on the other hand, this guarantees that some candidates, white candidates, will be passed up despite being the most worthy and most qualified, based solely on their race. So it guarantees that based on their race, there are going to be some candidates who are overlooked. It guarantees racial discrimination in order to solve racial discrimination. So we're getting rid of potential um, theoretical racial discrimination by replacing it with guaranteed racial discrimination. Great plan. Just just wonderful plan. And, you know, the last thing, if we're going down this route... um, why don't we incentivize teams to put, you know, white cornerbacks on their rosters? There are zero white cornerbacks in the NFL right now, as far as I know. Certainly, there are, there are none that start. So there are zero starting white corners in the NFL. Not very many white running backs, a few. Not very many white wide receivers, a few. Um, not very many white free safeties or linebackers or, well, not very many white players in general except at the quarterback, kicker, and offensive line positions. Those are the only places where you typically are going to find white people. So um, why don't we give incentives for that? Oh, right, because this is not really about racial diversity at all. This is about racial dogmatism, left-wing racial dogmatism to be specific, and that's what the NFL is considering. Um, it's, you know, it hasn't passed, but if it does, it's just, it, it I, I'm pretty cynical. And so it's hard to surprise me, but uh, this, this really does. And um, I think we have a couple emails here, but I think we'll save those for tomorrow because it could be longer conversations. So we'll leave it there. Thanks everybody for watching. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Godspeed. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review. Tell your friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, Michael Knowles Show, and The Andrew Clavin Show. Thanks for listening. The Matt Wall Show is produced by Sean Hampton, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Our technical producer is Austin Stevens, edited by Danny D'Amico, And our audio is mixed by Robin Fenderson. 
The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production, copyright Daily Wire 2020. If you prefer facts over feelings, aren't offended by the brutal truth, and you can still laugh at the insanity filling our national news cycle, well, tune in to The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get a whole lot of that and much more. See you there. 